0: When you come to West Texas, folks, saddle up. You're going to go on a wild ride.
1: You're listening to the official podcast of The Nation, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland.
0: Yo, what's up, Red Raider Nation? And welcome to another edition of The Nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake. I am your host, TJ Kern, alongside, as always, my good friend, Blake Hartsfield. Blake the Red Raiders drop a tough one this weekend to the Oregon Ducks at home, but first, how you doing, my friend?
1: I'm good, TJ. How are you?
0: I am better. I am okay. I am calm down. I I got a little uh, upset after the game, you know, my we are fans, you know, first and foremost. Uh but speaking of fans, wasn't, wasn't that an awesome experience to be at? I mean, I've seen some of the videos on Twitter with the new lights and the crowd being all striped out. Um, I mean, this just goes back to our conversation last week about the expectations of, of the this fan base right now.
1: Yeah, t- TJ, the fan base came into the season fired up. Uh, they, they believed in the hype. They saw the, how this team finished the season last year. Um, They've seen the uh, improvement on the recruiting numbers that Joey McGuire has been able to make in a year. uh, The overall investment to the program, everything from the construction of the south end zone to something as small as these new red strobe lights that they were showing off. And they were lucky to get a home game at night uh, to be able to flash those. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of excitement around this program. Uh, Unfortunately, TJ, you kind of are what your record says you are. This is an 0-2 football team now um and, and tj they're just not playing very good and right now if, if you believe in the old adage of you are which could say you are they, they're not a very good football team
0: they are only two um and a couple weeks ago we had conversations about hey this team might not lose two games all year hey this team could be a dark horse college football team uh playoff team hey this team could win the big 12 that one's still you know yet to be determined but I mean Blake, if this thing gets out of control, you're looking at maybe a bowl game? TJ I'm not ready to go there, but I'm saying, man.
1: Well, you're not wrong, TJ. They they've got to start playing better and they've got to start playing better now. Now, to their credit and and we talked about this a little bit last week um on our on our last podcast that they could play a much better football game than they played in Laramie, Wyoming. And still lose the and still lose, and that is exactly what happened. They were much better. I think they were much closer to the team that um, everybody expected them to be, uh, which was a team that could come in and, and be competitive and, and be a top twenty five team and, and compete for a Big Twelve championship. Um, unfortunately, TJ, they, they sit here at zero and two for um, a laundry list of reasons, and, and I'm of the belief that both of these games are winnable. Um, and before we get into some of those reasons, I, I do want to end look. You and I have never been big refs guys, um, but that field goal early in the third—or I'm sorry, early in the fourth quarter—that put Oregon ahead, twenty-eight to twenty-seven, which ended up proving pretty large at the end of the game. Um, where we got the interception, it was a clearest day interception, and for some reason, it was ruled not an interception, and Oregon got to kick field goal was completely ridiculous.
0: Okay, for those of you that didn't watch the game or don't know, it was a Pac-12 officiating crew in Lubbock. Now I have no idea how these officials crews get assigned, but how does a Pac-12 crew end up in Lubbock?
1: Yeah, I, I don't get it either. I don't understand it. Um, you would think that playing at home, you could get your officials or your conference's officials or or even just even a neutral, admit, yeah, AC, you know whatever. In 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 a Pac-12 versus Big Twelve game, can we get Big Ten refs in here? Can we get SEC refs? In, like, come on. Um, Yeah, I mean, they called penalties on Oregon. The penalties weren't a huge issue, but that call was egregious. It was clearly an interception. Replays showed it was clearly an interception on the broadcast. uh, Dan Blandino, uh, Cowboys fans will know that name, uh, is the rules expert or analyst, and and he seemed to think that it was an interception and was shocked when it was ruled uh, an incomplete pass. So uh, that was ridiculous. But, TJ, that was not the reason you lost the football game. Um, it was a contributing factor for sure, and it just a, an egregiously bad call, and tech seems to be on the wrong end of those more often than not, which is pretty frustrating.
0: But um there's a lot of
1: reasons you lost this game.
0: There's a lot of reasons, and one of the reasons is breaks didn't go your way based on the numbers that are analytics. Blake. You know, for those that have listened to Blake and myself for the last couple of years, last season we had a, a a big debate on analytics and the philosophy of said numbers, new school versus old school. Blake, there were a couple of huge decisions that were driven specifically by analytics. I know you're a numbers guy. I know you you agree with the analytics, but I'm talking about chasing points You know, call me old school if you want. You don't go for two until the fourth quarter. They went for two. Um, McGuire said the sheet said to go for it, right? We were gonna go for it. And we hit the number. Yeah. So so now you're now you're chasing a point that came in huge in the fourth. You know, I mean, you don't know how the rest of the game would have played out, but that was a big decision. The biggest one was after after Oregon goes on a I, I think Don Williams said a 17 play drive in the press conference which um, never happened that way. Big we gave up three.
1: like five third down conversions on that drive. Oh go
0: yeah, ahead. I mean it, it just wasn't yeah. it, it wasn't a good drive by the defense and you you had just gotten the momentum. And then you get the ball back and you decide to go for two or I'm mean, not go for two go go for it on fourth and 2 from like your own 20
1: yeah tj look i'm all for being aggressive and and you hit the nail on the head i do believe in the analytics um particularly when you get into plus territory that being said and being a guy who believes in the analytics and believes in being aggressive and and breaking the old mantra and old school so to speak thinking on football at some point some common sense has got to win out right and to go for it on fourth and two from your own 30 in that tight of a ball game is an incredible gamble. He did it again. He did it last year in the Texas game and got away with it. Um, It wasn't as late in the game as this was. Um, What I think I'm more frustrated with TJ and I, and, and look, I think that's a ridiculous gamble. I think, like I said, at some point common sense has got to win out. I think what I'm more frustrated with TJ is, the play call? just giving up? Well, you just given up the 17 play drive. Your defense is gassed, and the 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 offensive play calling that series was atrocious. Like it was for a lot of that game. Um, and, and look, to your point about the uh, the the two point conversion, look, I I'm less. I, that's fine with me. We can disagree on that one. I think going for two there is fine. If you don't get it in theory, you can go for two on the next one and make up the point. But um, you know, it is what it is.
0: I mean. Those two plays to me were were just huge. And then uh, in the post game, uh, Joey was all about, you know, hey, the 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 numbers, the numbers, the numbers. This is what we do. This is our philosophy. This is what we're going to continue to do. I mean, I think as tech fans, we've been around some guys, uh, i.e., Mike Leach, that were gamble all the time time and aggressive, and then they're stupid.
1: Yeah, again, TJ, I, I agree. Um, I, I believe in the philosophy. I'm an analytics guy. I, I'm all for being aggressive, but it, you got to have some common sense with it. Um, if there's three minutes left in the game and it's fourth and two on your own, 30, sure, right? Like, But with where we were in the game at that point to gamble where, where we were, I, I, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I just don't understand it.
0: To the defense's uh, credit, they kind of bailed McGuire out and held him to a field goal which
1: was unbelievable considering the drive they had just given up and how gassed they were. So credit to Tim DeRuiter and his group. Um, I think we're going to spend a lot of time on the other side of the ball, so I guess I'll just touch on on their overall performance. I thought the defense was good, not great. Um, Oregon has a good offense, right? You're not going to shut Oregon down, quote-unquote. They're going to score in good weather. Um, I didn't realize and, Bo
0: Nix was still in college like that. Uh, he, I mean, that guy's like a he, – he's like a Van Wilder from he, he back in He reminds me
1: of Jordan Shipley down at Texas who seemed was seemed like he was there for eight years. Um, <laughs> right? Bo, Bo Nix has been around for a while. But, no, look, Oregon's got a good offense, and, and barring bad weather, um, it, they're probably going to beat score on just about anybody, right? So you're not going to shut them down. I thought the defense did enough. Um, I would have liked a, a takeaway uh, or an additional takeaway. But, look, they – in my opinion, they held the off Oregon's offense to a point to a place where you gave they gave the offense an opportunity to win this game. And the offense didn't take that opportunity.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna be kind of kind of a smart guy here on the nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake, and I'm gonna say, "Hey, Blake, I got a question for you." Sure. You ready? Yeah. Hey, when did Tim Tebow become our quarterback? Tyler uh superman shuck i don't know tyler superman shuck cam newton
1: i I don't understand it tj Uh, first off and this is going to get into a bigger conversation about the offensive play calling and and the coordinator kitley as a whole but what in the heck are we doing running our quarterback 23 times in this football game and we only give taj brooks the ball six times which oh by the way tj uh he had six carries for 66 yards so he's averaging 11 yards carry Yet we give Tyler Shuck the ball 23 times, 23 carries for 101 yards, which is really kind of misleading because on the first drive of the game, he hit that 58 yarder to start the game off. So after that you had 22 carries for, uh, what is it? 41 yards that that's not very good. So one, why are we calling it 23 times? And then two TJ, did you know that through two weeks in the big 12, if you look at all of the now 14 teams in the conference, um, that uh, Tyler Shuck leads everybody in carries by five carries. He's he's carried the ball 38 times. Now, look, some of that's going to be quarterback scrambles. Let's say in this Oregon game it was, you know, five or six scrambles where he's trying to make something happen. But
0: what are we doing? That's a great question. Um, I, you and I were very uh, upset <laughs> talking back and forth after the game on Saturday in preparation of coming on here today. Um, it. It, it's just mind-blowing watching watching this offense continue to have, I guess, issues. Um, and then you've got a, a quarterback that is running the ball, what, he had four times as many carries as your running back? Yeah. Doesn't
1: make any sense at all to me. I, I, I legitimately do not understand this. To your point, it's not Tim Tebow. This is not Cam Newton. This is not Vince Young and even if you had one of those three guys do you really want your your quarterback carrying it 20 times 20 times a game tj that's that's running back one in the nfl level amount of carries like what are we doing
0: and i mean the nfl's even i mean not even giving guys 20 carries i mean unless you're derek henry correct
1: and derek henry's just an absolute monster and he can take right. the take the beating but they expect Tyler Shuck to stay healthy for 12 games, giving the ball 19 carries a game, huh? Over two games. That's the average. That doesn't make a lot of sense. TJ, just as a whole, the offense just doesn't seem like it has any sort of consistent rhythm to it. You know, they they, they have so many plays where – or so many drives where it just they, – they put themselves behind behind schedule or they, they come out with bad play calling and they call a quarterback run followed by a bubble screen or something. And, you know, it, there's just no – consistency to it we don't throw it over the middle enough um and and i don't know it's in that
0: six nine by the way correct
1: and and so i don't know if it's coordinator play calling or quarterback probably a combination somewhere in the middle because i don't think kitley's been particularly good through two games and we talked about some of the play calling stuff last year um and i thought that with a whole offseason that that would be better but it hasn't hasn't been through two weeks and then look tyler shot I'm going to preface what I'm going to say TJ by saying that this is again, nothing against him as a, as a kid or as a person. Um, This is very similar to the conversation that we had on this podcast last year after the Kansas state game in regards to Donovan Smith. Um, He's out there busting his tail. He's given 120%. He's trying his best to win these football games. But at the end of the day, you have to play well enough to keep the QB one job. And TJ, I am of the belief that, the quarterback is the reason that you're 0-2. And, and I know McGuire talked about this in his press conference, and I know you're, that's what's going to be your response here in a second. But with better quarterback play, I think you're 2-0 and 0, as opposed to 0-2. And,
0: and if you're 2-0, you're ranked in the top 20 in the country, top and 15. Red Raider Nation is ecstatic. Correct. Instead, Red Raider Nation is highly irritated in your 0-2. Correct. So, Go ahead. The floor is yours. Why should Baron Morton be this team's quarterback? Because he's better.
1: I mean I mean, look, I I hate to be that simple with it, but he is, TJ. I mean, through two games, Tyler Shuck, so let's let's take the Wyoming game first, right? The 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 star quarterback for Wyoming is a guy by the name of Andrew Peasley. You ever heard of him before coming into the season? You've heard of Nix, but you've never heard of Andrew Peasley. Never. This, you know, he finishes that game out playing Tyler Shuck. Okay. He has two touchdowns, no interceptions. Tyler Shuck has three to one, but QBR, which you know that I'm a big believer in, I think it's the most all encompassing grade of a quarterback in, in terms of receivers, openness, accuracy, yards per attempt, et cetera, Sacks all encompassing stat. 64.9 for Tyler Shuck, Andrew Peasley, 75.6. So you got outplayed by 11 and a half points. Um, against Oregon, QBR Bo Nick 78, Tyler Shuck 64.3, TJ had three interceptions. Now, the last one, I don't really give it, I don't really blame him for the last interception where he's throwing a Hail Mary to the end zone. That's not on him, right? That's the play call. He's got to throw it up and get it there. It gets picked off a lot. The first two absolutely on him. And the one at the end of the game when you're trying to drive to get the game winning field goal just can't happen. You cannot lose a football game with that. And TJ on that play, for the record, Miles Price was running wide open over the middle. Literally, he it's a 25-yard gain, wide open, 10 yards downfield. And Tyler Shuck never looked at him.
0: Yeah. And the uh the room, like you sent me a screenshot of that today. And what I was blown away with was if Miles Price gets that ball, gets it quick, you're down to what I don't know is field goal range, considering our kicking issues. That's a whole nother topic. But you're at least in close to field goal range and you have a timeout in your back pocket.
1: Absolutely. I I think it's at least a 15, if not a 20 yard gain, which puts you on the 35 or 40 um, with 30 seconds to go in a timeout. You've got time to get even closer. It's a read that he cannot miss TJ. And that it comes down to he he's pretty athletic and he's, he's a good straight line runner when they call all of these quarterback runs for him, right? He's relatively quick. But in the pocket, he is a statue. There is no lateral movement. There's no extending of plays. There's no maneuvering around in the pocket. And just like Donovan Smith, TJ, who had the same problem, was good when it was a design run, but didn't have a whole lot of awareness in the pocket or being, the ability to extend plays out, it just it, it kills the rhythm of the offense. So much of this offense is coming up to the line of scrimmage before the ball snap, recognizing what the defense and knowing what the read's going to be, being able to get the progressions quick and get the ball out. Tyler Shuck doesn't do that consistently enough. And and I don't know what it's going to take for this coaching staff to, to make the change, in my opinion, if it were up to me. And I texted you this after the game. The Baron Morton era starts this week against Tarleton State, and you don't look back um, for a litany of reasons. But Tyler Shuck doesn't do anything to continue to advance your program beyond this year. And I understand your goals of winning the Big 12 are still in front of you, but the 10 win – top 15 season goal that you had that a lot of people thought were realistic, that's gone.
0: I mean, the only way it's not gone is if you win out the rest of your games and, and find yourself in the big 12 championship. Are you, I love Texas tech as much as anybody, TJ, are you ready to pick this team to win every game left on their schedule based on what Absolutely you've seen. Not. No, that, they're going to yeah. lose a game. sometime. no way. Exactly. And I, I still think there may be a typical tech game or two more to come. Correct. Rather that's at
1: West Virginia, which is a game that you should be favored in. But over even going back to last year, has this team shown you the ability to go win on the road in a true road game? Iowa State. You are correct. You got me there. Iowa. They did go win at Iowa State.
0: So other than that, that's that's the only thing that came to mind.
1: So my my point is, TJ. I understand Tyler Shuck is he he won the job in camp and then the summer. He's out there busting his butt. He's running. He's trying to make plays with his legs. But at the end of the day, the play on the field hadn't been good enough. You've been outplayed at the quarterback position through two games. Um, I'm sure in practice, TJ, he probably looks like the second coming of Peyton Manning. He's a smart kid. He's got a good arm. He's got the prototypical size and all of the quote-unquote traits that you want in a QB1. And as somebody who could be picked in the first, second, or third round of the NFL draft, right? All the traits that Pro Scouts love. But at the end of the day, traits don't necessarily translate to on-the-field performance, and I think a lot of Tyler's issues are unfortunately between the ears. When things are going well, and I've said this before, when things are going really well and he looks amazing, but the second that something goes a little sideways and he falls apart. And Baron Morton probably doesn't look as good as him in practice, but from what I saw of Baron Morton last year, from his first drive on the road at Oklahoma State, That kid has whatever the quote-unquote it factor is to make plays when the lights come on, and that's who I want to run this offense.
0: And there it is, the Baron Morton call-out from Blake Hartsfield here on the Nation's Official Podcast with TJ and Blake. I want to have this debate. I want to be able to back it up. I want to be able to say that, yeah, let's do it. If there's a week to do it, it's now against Tarleton State. You're going to let Morton get a handle of the offense, let him make some throws at game speed, get him ready for Big 12 play. Coach McGuire has already come out and squashed it. I know. Like, it's not happening. Tyler Shuck is is going to be this team's quarterback. He's going to be this team's quarterback for at least another two, three weeks. And, I mean, it, it, my, my thing is, two losses in the Big 12 and you start out one in five, what are you if doing? you're not
1: making a change at that point, what are we doing? Like exactly. Look, and this is you're this is not an apples to apples example, but and I understand you can only change your starting quarterback once on a football team, and McGuire's got to wrestle with that as well. But for I saw a lot of people on social media saying that oh he's you know he can't make that choice, and you just you can't bench Tyler as a senior. I don't want to hear that TJ when Nick Saban can bench his undefeated starter. Jalen Hurts in, the, in at halftime of the national championship game, because he saw what the issue was on the field, and I think a lot of people who have watched this team play through two weeks can tell you what the problem is with the offense. It's the quarterback.
0: Well, yeah, it's it's the quarterback, and then it's not getting the ball to uh, your your playmaking running back who who seems to be in a in a good role this year, uh, good rhythm, uh, and I listened to the press conference today. And one of the things that McGuire said about all the quarterback runs was that they were using a lot of power runs and a lot of counters and they were running QB counters and QB powers.
1: So Tajbrook can't run a power. He can't run a counter. Are you kidding me? What what kind well, of an argument is that?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what that was exactly my point. Hey, Hey, that guy to your right or that guy to your left can't
1: run a counter or a power or an off tackle or whatever there's TJ look, you can disguise it up a lot of different ways and put it in a lot of different formations. There's about four running plays in most people's playbook, right? It's it's a power, it's an off tackle, it's a counter, and and it's a dive. And and that's about it. There's not a whole lot of different runs that there are. You can, like I said, you can dress it up different ways and run them out of different formations, but you can only pull so many guards different ways or, you know, do a double down block or whatever it is that you're trying to do. You're telling me Taj Brooks can't run those?
0: No, I'm telling you, he can, and he needs to
1: get the rock. Completely agree. We've already talked about why. Why are we running the quarterback? Which comes back to Kitley and the play calling, which I think all Tech fans, and look, Tech fans are probably smarter when it comes to offense and play calling than your average college fan base because we've been involved in the spread for so long. Tech was one of the pioneers of this. And so Red Raider fans are not stupid. This is the state of Texas. People grow up in football's a religion here. They can see with their eyeballs that the play calling is not very good. It's not consistent. There's no there's no plan, right? And it just it it's frustrating.
0: Man, frustrating is definitely the word that comes to my mind because I I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, okay? And what that means in retrospect to this is I've been let down a lot. I've been emotional a lot, right? Like but this team, I, I I was I was on the uh the I was on the train. I was conductor of the train. I was all about the hype train and and this year and all these guys coming back and oh Tyler Shuck's coming back and Taj Brooks is coming back and your your defense is coming back. And here we are 0 2, and it's just like the the win just is that you know, it's like I just got hit by a, a middle linebacker
1: completely agree tj it makes the typical tech gaming in week one against wyoming that much worse right if they'd have beaten wyoming like they were supposed to and you were up 17 points in the first quarter and then lost to oregon and you were sitting here at one and one there would still be a ton of excitement and and momentum and um just expectations and now you've got a fan base that i think is still excited and it's hopeful but they've been snake bitten twice now um and, and look, you should have never lost the Wyoming game. We talked about that last week. And then frankly, TJ, they should have won this game. They really should have won this game. They had opportunities to bury Oregon multiple times in that game, and they never took them. The, the the biggest of which, TJ, was the punt block. Uh, I believe that was late in the third quarter where they blocked. They were up seven, they were up, I think seven, and they blocked the punt. They got it back at the 40, and they could have gone in and taken a two-score lead. And they got the, the first play out of the, out of the drive. Tyler Shuck throws an interception. That can't happen against the top fifteen team that you're trying to upset.
0: No, no. The and and Coach McGuire is absolutely right about this. He, I mean, he is he he wants a clean game. He wants the turnovers to stop. And on the other side of the ball, he he wants us to 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 start getting turnovers. We're not generating pressure. We're not we're letting Bo Nix run out of – nobody's containing Bo Nix and letting him get out on third and long and use his legs to get a first down so that they can go on a uh, 17-play drive to score a touchdown. I mean, there's just so much going on on both sides of the ball. And, yeah, the defense hung in there and and did what they could, but I'm just confused right now. Uh, I I don't know what to make of this team. You're not going to learn anything playing Tarleton State. I don't care that they're two and zero. If you lose to Tarleton State, this thing's going to burn.
1: TJ, if they lose to Tarleton State, it, they're it's it, look. They're not. I said they weren't going to lose to one. They're not going to lose to Tarleton State. Okay, they're just not. If I mean, they were, help. if if they were, there's a lot of different conversations that I'm not even going to get into right now that would be happening the following week. But. Um, that's not going to happen, but to your point, even if you go win this game 60 to nothing, that, that tells you nothing. The next time we actually get an opportunity to evaluate this team at all is, is in two weeks at West Virginia, right? Because to me, this game doesn't mean this game coming up doesn't mean anything other than it should be your first win and get some confidence. Um, but yeah, TJ, and I can Morton t-
0: see the field a little bit too, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, it needs to be that kind of game. Where... I would
1: like to, see, and what will be interesting is to see how early in the game Barry Morton gets a run, right? Because to your point, they're going to start Tyler Shuck. They're not going to bench him into against Tarleton State. If I were the head coach, I would make the change, but I know Joey McGuire is not going to do that. Um, if he gets in there early in the second quarter when it's 17 to nothing and they give him a series or two with the ones – I think that's pretty telling that there's conversations with the coaching staff of making this change, because like I said earlier, once you make the change, you can't go back barring injury. Um, you can only change starting quarterback once, right? So if he gets in there a little earlier, I think that will be encouraging for the people that are in the the camp of start Baron Morton tomorrow. Um, if he doesn't get in there until it's, Forty-nine to nothing. That's not going to give me a lot of confidence. And then my question is, how how long of a leash does Tyler really have once conference play starts? Um, because look, TJ, I can tell you this: I, I don't. I'm not going to go through and try to predict their schedule like we did before the season, um, based on how they've played in these first two games and starting zero and two. But I can tell you this: if you go lose the turnover battle by four, now in this game, I think again they really only lost it by three because the last interception throw that one out right on the hail mary um you lose the turnover battle by three you're not gonna win a lot of football games you're in fact if you do that every week you ain't gonna make a bowl game
0: no and i don't know how much you believe in the common opponent test but that wyoming team that beat you goes down to austin this weekend texas will beat them by 40. You think Texas is that good? I was. They, I did, was they just maybe to They went to. Alabama I would hoping for, for some. Hey, they're gonna give them a game, maybe. You <sighs> so know who knows? It's so frustrating.
1: It's infuriating that Nick Saban can't beat them at home um, because they're insufferable now, and there's nothing you can say to them because they oh, just I want it out. No, the only age. thing
0: you can you can say to them is get out. Like it, it's insufferable. And for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, check a <laughs> check a scoreboard. Uh, Texas went into Tuscaloosa, beat Alabama convincingly. Yeah. Oh, it's all over Twitter. It's all over Facebook timelines. Like, unfortunately, they're
1: unfortunately they are back. As much as that pains me to say it, they are back, and they will
0: destroy Wyoming. I guarantee you. Okay, so back to my original question about the common opponent test. (laughs) You don't think Wyoming Scottish got a prayer? No. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, Texas coming back home after what they just did this week and the reception they're going to get from that crowd. No, uh, Wyoming's in the, the wrong place, at the wrong
0: time, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, look, I, I think although, we both although it would be the ultimate troll I mean, in the world. There's not a lot to be said about this week's game. Um, I don't, I don't really want to preview it. it. You know, I don't need to talk about it. I do know they're two and zero. However. It's Tarleton State and we are a Big 12 football team. And they're not gonna to, lose this game. The score needs to be forty something to nothing at half.
1: It it needs to be, I don't even know. What are we what's the let me see if I can look up what the line in that game. It's gotta be like 38 or something. Uh I don't have it readily available. Sorry.
0: So, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, if Vegas doesn't even have a line on it.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it just shows you that, that this is a a game that you should win convincingly. Um, and, and if it's not a, a win and b, if it's not a win, that's again, that's a bigger conversation. But if it's not a convincing win, that's not going to give tech fans a uh, any confidence whatsoever going into West Virginia next week.
0: All right. And real real quick here on the nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake. I want to get into uh kind of some props on a couple of guys. We already touched on Taj Brooks. Um Mason Tharp is 6'9, and we don't throw him the football enough. Like he wasn't he on the team last year? Yes, he was. Why? Why didn't we use this big guy last year? Don't know. like six foot nine, bro. I mean, that's that's literally go out wide, and I'm going to throw the ball up to eleven feet in the air, box and out. you're going to go get it over yeah. somebody that's shorter than you. Just box them out. There's nothing you can do. And. Except- yeah, I mean, it, I was I was blown away. At least he got some targets this week. I mean, I, I'm really interested in in the evolution of this offense. Um, are they going to use the tight ends more? They um, need to do
1: something different.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and I know the coaches are real high on Nehemiah Martinez. Um, they still have uh, Jeron Bradley. Uh, Xavier White is another guy that they're they're high on. He's getting healthy, but. You're right, Blake. I mean, it's just it's it just it looks out of sync. And then when you throw the turnovers in on top of it, I mean it, it you I'm amazed. I, I told you at halftime, we're gonna get blown out of this football game. I don't I don't think we belong on the field with these guys.
1: Well, they, they proved that they belong on the field. TJ should have won the game. I know. This, this was self inflicted This was at halftime, um, by the way. I know. This was self inflicted. Um tech had an opportunity to win and they didn't take the opportunity. Um it's that simple. The offense is out of sync. Let me give uh, just one little piece of advice. How about we start with giving the running back the ball 15 times and 15 carries as opposed to the quarterback? That that's just a place, in my opinion, to start.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we we touched on that a little bit. I mean, and they also talked about how good Taj Brooks is and and pass protection. He is good. Yeah. So I mean, the guy the guy is obviously a, a capable running back you 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 probably should use him a little bit completely agree so i mean look we we've, we've had a lot of, a lot to talk about on this show this week um i think we we both uh, expect this team to come out on saturday and i i'm 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 wanting them to blow them out because if they're not or it's a close game or any kind of stuff like that i may need to consult a heart doctor Yeah, I completely agree.
1: Look, at the end of the day, T.J., it's frustrating, and we can talk all day long about who the quarterback should be. It's going to be Tyler Shuck, so we still have to root for him and and believe in him, and I hope that he plays his best football and and wins us some games. Looking at this schedule, um, you have an opportunity, again, you have an opportunity to win your next four games and get back to four and two and what would be 3-0 and in the Big 12 with Kansas State coming to Lubbock on October 14th.
0: October 14th, yep.
1: Because you should, we've talked about Tarleton State, that this should be a, a walk in the park. At West Virginia, it's a road game, but West Virginia's just not very good. Okay, that's a game you should be able to win. Houston, okay, Houston is horrible. They just lost to Rice, TJ, and you get that game in Lubbock. And then you play in in Waco, um, and and Baylor is zero two. They've lost it. They played much better this week against Utah, but they did lose Week One to Texas State. Um, I'm sorry to uh, Texas State. Was it Texas? Okay, yeah, it was Texas State. Um, so look, you've got an opportunity to go win four football games, get yourself three and zero in the Big Twelve, and host Kansas State. And if you somehow do that, there's going to be a lot of excitement for that K State game. It's going to be an important game, and you have an opportunity to kind of write to to. Not write the shit, but but get back to what everybody expected. Because if you're if you beat K State and you start four and on the Big Twelve, you're a threat.
0: But you gotta win these threat.
1: you gotta win the first four to get there.
0: Yeah. I mean, the old take it one step at a time kind of thing. Yep. But I mean, Kansas State, if they're still undefeated or one loss, when they come to Lubbock and and you can run off four straight. I mean that'll be a huge, you know that'll be a huge game. Might get you another night game.
1: Well, you you might even you probably get another night game. You're probably getting a six o'clock kick. Um, you might be ranked at four and two, maybe. Um, you'd be 25, 24, or like top of the others receiving, but it would be a big game. It would be two K State's probably going to come into that game undefeated. Um, I haven't looked at their schedule closely, but K State kind of wins their games early in the year. That's what they do, right? So, um. Yeah, I mean, you've got an opportunity to to write the ship here over these next four weeks. If you can, like I said, if you can string some wins together here and get to that K State game at three and zero in the Big Twelve, um, that would that would put you back in a position where you control your own destiny and, and you can capitalize on the goals that, that you set, or at least some of the goals um, that you set at the beginning of the year.
0: And Coach McGuire said it in, in his press conference uh, today that he came here to put together a team that was good enough to win the Big 12. And he's looking in the mirror and all this stuff, right? The And then he, he defended the analytics, said that's our philosophy, said we're going to do it. Like people better get used to that kind of stuff if they're not already. Um, back to K-State for a moment. I don't know if K-State is un- uh, undefeated. They will have beaten Missouri, UCF, Oklahoma State, and then come to love it. That's their next three. I mean,
1: I think they can win those three games. I think they're pretty good, I mean, TJ. They're probably
0: going to be favored in all
1: three. The only game they might... I just pulled up their schedule. The only game they might not be favored in would probably be the, the road game in Stillwater. Um, I would imagine they're probably going to be a favorite at Missouri because I don't think Missouri is that great. Um, but that'll be a tough game for them. Um, but we'll see. Uh, like I said regardless of what K State does, if you can get to the K State game at three and in the big 12, and we all know that that regardless of if K State drops one between now and then, if you're three and playing hosting K State, that's a big game in the big 12. as far as implications for making the big 12 title game or whatever you want whatever goals you have in front of you. But it starts by stringing some wins together here and playing better football. They gotta protect the ball. Tyler Shuck has got to fight they've got to find some sort of offensive consistency between Shuck and Kitley. They got to get on the same page. Shuck's got to get through his reads quicker, get the ball out faster, um, and the defense has to continue to play, uh, play well and improve as as we get into the to the meat of conference play here.
0: I mean, and really outside of the game at BYU, um, and this this schedule, Blake, I mean, is tech can go on a run here if they if they just right the ship and clean up some of the penalties, clean up some of the turnovers, start forcing their own turnovers and start playing like a a full unit. TJ, that's why I was so excited about the season and
1: why there was so much optimism that they could win nine or 10 games because this schedule is not that brutal. It's really not and I keep coming back to your conference road games, right? which is the hardest games on your schedule in theory to win. The, yeah, the game in Austin at the end of the year is going to be very, very tough. But outside of that, Kansas is not an overly difficult place to play. West Virginia is normally a tough road trip, but they're one of, if not the worst teams in the conference. Waco is not anything overpowering to have to go play in in terms of you know, crowd noise or environment, and they don't look like they're great. So like the schedule sets up for you to to make a run. I do think the trip to, to Provo and then up to BYU is going to be tough, um, but they, they've got an opportunity. They just, they've just they got to to play smarter, more fundamentally sound football than they have played.
0: And that football will be played in Lubbock and on the road. The Big 12 journey is here. Blake, I'm excited. We are 0-2, but time to write the ship this week with Tarleton State. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Wreck them. We'll talk to you guys next time on a nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake.